Hi, welcome to episode 37, the second of our episode with a guest co-host. This week, I'm joined by Krista from Black Hill Eventing. Krista is also a tack nerd. So I'm so excited that we're going to talk about all different kinds of tack. I'm going to probably run up a huge bill um, (laughs) because we're just texting a few times. She's already been a really bad influence. And anything that I'm like, "Mm, I wonder if that'll work. She's like, well, just buy it and try. So... (laughs) So I'm so excited to talk. This this episode potentially is going to cost everyone a lot of money, but I'm really excited. We're going to talk about young horses. And first of all, we are going to cover our news. So have you been doing anything more than me? Because I've been doing very little. Uh, no, I had to have surgery in January. So my horses had to have a month off so from the middle of December to the middle of January. Um, and we've just been doing, you know, the usual kind of road work with the older, older mare just to get her back going again. And I've just started back one of my now four-year-olds who was broken last winter. So yeah, everything is pretty slow uh, and steady, which is, I suppose, how it is for everyone now at the moment. Yeah. What's the weather like over there? Have you had a lot of snow? No, but apparently it's incoming imminently. Um, yeah, they're, they're giving big forecasts for like 10 centimetres this week. And I'm just like, I just can't, just can't. I'm just ignoring it and hoping it doesn't happen because I'm like, how will, how will, how will I do anything? So anyway. It's snowing here now already. Yeah, um, you've got much. It, it hasn't really, it's not thick yet. But basically since like before Christmas, it just has been snow or ice and it's never been like loads, but it's just enough to not be able to get anything really going with the horses. So I suppose at least it's all coming at once, which is shit from people's mental health. But I think on the good side, at least it's all in one go. Yeah, for sure. I would just keep hoping for like a really, really nice warm April. Um, but last year it kind of I think it actually snowed at the start of May in Ireland last year and I'm just just ignoring it I just don't watch the forecast anymore I I'm like currently live in morbid fear of opening curtains in the morning and there's like (laughs) snow in and I'm like just oh I don't know it's the time of year isn't it and I suppose normally we just get on with it and we've got stuff to to aim for but at the moment it's not so much so uh, anyway look we'll have to just get through it yeah I've been um I've been trying my best with Manny because I was gonna keep riding but the snow and the ice just kind of stopped it. And at this point now, I'm so enormous. I think I'd struggle to get back on it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to lunge him because Manny has kissing spine. And so I thought, you know, like if I keep him like going, um, keeps his muscle. And it's so funny because Bougie's paddock is like next to the arena. And he just stands. The first day he was like fascinated that Manny's wearing all, obviously he's wearing an equiami. So he's covered in like pieces of string. And he was like looking at Manny like, do you know she's tied you up with all kinds of string and you seem really chill about this situation and you're just like cruising around in a circle and he was like shaking his head up and down like you could tell he was thinking like you need to like free yourself (laughs) you've been tied up so then he's like charging up down the fence line like leaping and bucking and shaking his head and Manny was just looking at him like you're an idiot and Bushi was like eventually he's just given up and was just watching him like You'll not see her do that to me. I'm never going to let her do that to me. Some of my paddocks, um, I have a laneway that I use um, just just on the side of the farm and some of my paddocks are, are like at the side of the laneway. 
and it is always so funny when the 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 young stocks that haven't been broken and they see you hack and pass on a horse they're like what is that <laughs> like what's happening and they're so like eyes out and sticks and they're like snorting and they're like <laughs> <laughs> something terrible has happened to that horn yeah. it'll never be me uh, that was literally it. you could almost read his face going that is never ever gonna be okay for me like she will never cover me in pieces of string I'm not gonna stand for that shit oh they're, they're, they're so funny aren't they, the young ones? and then actually I had like I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about this because I don't want to be blacklisted because I really love my vets and my horses are all absolute bellends. So I really need a good vet. Um, but I did have like this thing where I was like to Ben, COVID fucks you at the minute in so many different bastard ways. So I rang up to get um, Molly some more percent and I just get like, you know, the online prescription thing. And I was really annoyed because I'd missed it by a week like I should have ordered it. And so then I had to pay another, well, I thought I was gonna have to pay another 13 pounds 50 to get the prescription thing written out. But the receptionist was like, um, oh, you'll have to have a health check. So I was like, oh, son of a bitch, Ben's gonna kill me. It's like, okay, cause I mean, the percent's already slowly bankrupting us. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, go on then. So she said, but you can't have a health check because of COVID. So oh, I was like- no, tragedy okay that's <laughs> fine yeah I was like because she's fine so that's that's all good and she's like so we'll just charge you 10 pounds and the vet will ring and do a health check and I was like huh. on who <laughs> she was like well on the pony and I was like on the phone like I can't put Molly on like what <laughs> FaceTime yeah. it's a new veterinary way of doing things like you can't have you can't have your health check no call out me i mean that's awful but uh yeah no so facetime molly instead and um, she can just tell us how she's feeling so i was like well maybe there's something in it i'm not sure how this is gonna work and she was like well you need a health check you can't have a prescription that health check so it's like okay but we can't do a health check okay so uh, we're just going to charge you £10. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> so, and she was like, and they'll just ask you, are there any problems? And I was like, but you've just asked me if there are any problems. And I've just said, no, I'm not going to say anything different to him tomorrow. <laughs> so I got the phone. I was like, it's fucking COVID. It's just shafting us from every which way. No, and then like, you start getting like, like any problems it's like what do you mean like she's like she's got me like <laughs> health issues from covid yeah. like, so like what's the problem like what are we talking here one yeah. of the questions was does she look depressed i was like listen she'll have to wait in the queue because yeah. <laughs> just pull a ticket love <laughs> yeah because if molly's got depression to be honest with you i'm not that interested like she isn't having to homeschool henry so she's just gonna have to suck it up and get on with it for a bit yeah seriously <laughs> My my main thing so the last like start of every year obviously we try and kind of you know before we get going with the horses after Christmas to try and you know sometimes we link in with the with the vet go up and have a couple of them have checks over and um, the dentist would come and the physio and all that so we've done all that in the last like four weeks and um, yeah my my I would have went to the vet and came home and my poor husband was like how'd you get on I was like oh yeah really really good like got a few jobs done got blah blah. I went, it was very expensive though. And he's he's actually like, he's reached peak husband. He went, I don't want to know. Don't tell me what it costs. And I was like, 
wow, you know, how times have changed. Because it was, you know, for many years, he was like fucking horses and Jesus yeah. Christ. Now he's like, I don't want to know. Just don't want to know. So I was uh, like, brilliant. Yeah. Head in the sand, head firmly in the sand. Yeah, that's where mine's been for years. So yeah, he, he's, um, yeah, but it's just like, you get that rose ones with them, don't you? Where like, you just seem to have a lot to do or that they decide to like self-harm and then the vets every five minutes and it's just, oh, they're on their amazing animals everyone should have one definitely it's so hard isn't it as well because it's like when you're preparing people for like a vet bill it's <laughs> it, it's like hundreds as in like whether it's good or bad so it's like hmm and it's hard when it's kind of like say I think around the four to 600 mark I class that as like not too bad could be a lot yeah, like reasonable yeah so Ben will be like, what was that vet bill? And I go, oh, really good. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. really, really good. I was surprised. And he's like, oh, really? And bless him. He's, he's like, you'd think he'd have cottoned on by now. His little face lights up and he's like, oh, not too bad. And 50 quid, happy days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then he looks and he's like, what? it's 600 pounds. And I'm like, I know. Bargain. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's yeah. like, yeah don't worry <laughs> we always quantify it though I find like because you'd be like oh well yeah no so it was 600 quid but it was this many plates of this x-ray and then we scanned this and then we did that <laughs> and then there was the vaccination or the workup cost the aimless workup cost and then I don't know find a few other things to add into it and they're like like look at how much I got done like you know it's brilliant it's brilliant and my, my poor is the same he's just like that now he's got to the point where he's like don't don't tell me I am <laughs> I know and I think exactly like you've just said sometimes when you're there you get in that headspace don't you like well while we're here I mean I actually I said to Ben the other day and he looked at me and you only think I've taken it too far I've I've really pushed my luck (laughs) like I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal quickly because I was like you know Manny's gonna go in soon to get his back injected I wonder if we should take Pan and get his back x-rayed and Ben was like like no no (laughs) no Katie one is enough like that's we're good we're good with one I mean ideally none but and I was like yeah okay okay and he was like why why do you just want back sex raid like for no good reason I said I just thought it might help him like work a bit softer over his back you never know and he was like no it's just a fucking psychopath Katie like please just just accept it's a psychopath. Stop buying things to try and cure the fact that the horse is just deranged. Like, just that's enough. I have, I have that brain too. I'm like, oh, it's a psychopath, and then and then I've got like you know, idle hands do the devil's work. Why are you a psychopath? Exactly. Like, what's what's going on? Maybe I should just ring the vet. I just I just ring the vet and see. Like, maybe yeah. Um, so bad. Hundred so percent. But he's like, you bought it, and when you bought it. The, the, they were really honest with you. They told you you couldn't really get on it and that they never, ever got on it without a set of draw reins and that if you touched its sides or its mouth, it was basically going to have an absolute raging abdab. And you bought that. Like, <laughs> so you, that's your problem now. You've got to just work with that. Yeah. Yourself, I'm not doing it yet completely. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I think you know, if we bought some magic thing, I could have I could be sitting on Vallegro here and not know about it. <laughs> it would always be better. 
And that's the thing with like, you know, the modern market, you know, especially with COVID, people are a bit bored and they're thinking about it. And now with all these new innovations and things are coming through and it can always be better. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always, you struggle all the time, like cutoff point of this is actually really good. I need to leave it alone. I'm like, yeah, but could be better. Mm. Yeah. And then you go to the internet and start Googling and it's very bad news. So you see, I think this is completely like organically just gone on to tack, hasn't it? Because clearly this is both of us have got obviously I think a talent for justifying every new gadget that comes on the market so I saw your post about you just bought a few new bits hadn't you to try yeah I'm bits my major problem big problem (laughs) I used to be rugs but they're a bit too obvious when they arrived to the Mm. post so I had to love Uh, yeah and a bit more thing yeah definitely um I, I love this I love the notion real or imagined that I think the, the ultimate setup is there for, for every horse. And also I'm very much of the opinion that every rider has their own sense of feel and their own things that they like or don't like. And obviously those can change throughout, you know, their education, their career, or as they learn or whatever. And obviously a horse's requirements can change as his development changes and his experience changes too. But I like just, just to have this notion that there's, there's an optimal kind of a, a thing that suits everybody yeah um and it's probably in my own head an absolute bullshit but nonetheless I'm like oh look at that bit Mm. so yeah (laughs) so this is like just for me now my curiosity so do you do you like start everything in a a sort of similar bit do you have like a go-to oh you see this is why I'm a real paradox because (laughs) right even though I'm an absolute self-confessed tactois my own horses I like it as simple as is humanly possible for you know for as long or ever as possible yeah I like playing power some nose bands loose I like really really soft bits you know the softer the better um I just yeah the collection of bits and tack I have isn't actually because I need to put them on my horses necessarily like I, I sort of go about things as if I've got 30 you know horses out there that are anything from four year olds to 160 horses it's not the reality at all um so yeah I'm, I'm my own personal preference is to be very very simplistic and I and I really try to stick to that um but you know my shopping habits and my sort of interest on things coming through and new stuff and new concepts um lets me down horribly I think actually we're quite similar I mean not that in fairness you would think it from seeing the tack that I jumped the two boys in but I'm like it drives my trainer mad um with my my real love of like loose nose bands because she'd said to me so I took Pan came wearing a lot of tack I took everything off Pan proceeded to go around like a deranged camel thinking all of his Christmases had come at once and this like he'd been ridden by men all his life yeah and this little girl had got on him and like taken all the equipment off and he was like yes she's a psychopath um like living his best life and Carla was like I think he really needs a flash on but I think a loose flash I don't think he would like to feel too restricted but she's like I think he might need a loose flash and then she was like oh hang on scratch that it's you put a tight flash for you and that will be a loose <laughs> flash for anybody the breeze, like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> because she's demented with I'm always like oh I, I don't think it needs it that tight and she's like it's not even touching his face like you might as well not have bothered but yeah I love I love a snaffle but my go-to I think is a turtle top I love turtle top 
tops oh, so yeah. which Ben gets really upset about the price of yeah then you know what if you work it well like you know <laughs> short-term so, cost long-term gain you know exactly but then like you'd be like why can't why can't we just have one and just share it and I'm like because I'll have to like not keep... enough doesn't work like that no like so I think that upsets him even more that they're actually it's the same bit but he's had to buy three of them. I think he feels that's like even worse than having three different bits. Yeah, but it's not going to happen on bridal. I mean, I've often toyed with the notion of one of those fancy foreign bridles with the buckle on top of the head and the and the all the brass clips and things. So you can just we, we one of the yards I worked in used to use them a lot. So you could just you know put on take off whatever bit you needed for whatever horse you're riding. And we had this giant box full of bits, which was you know probably where this problem has come from. <laughs> um, and, but I, like my own horses, I'm just like, no, it needs its own bridle. That's it. So it needs its own bit. And even if that horse and that horse and that horse need the same bit, they still need their own bridle. And I just don't want them hanging up without bits. And I don't know, I'm just a bit weird. But um, um, yeah, that's, I, they just have to have it. That's it. Yeah. So do you have like a specific snaffle that you like to start them in? Or um, what I really, really, really like um, is, and this is I'm causing controversy now. I quite like a locking mouthpiece, not in the breakers of the young horses, but in the slightly older horses. So, um, so Stephen do this range of magic bits, magic bits, what they called magic, easy, something anyway, easy magic or something. And um, they, I have the loose ring snaffle, I have the former snaffle, and I have the baby pelham. And I just really like them. I think it's very obvious to the horse that if they like pull forward into the contact, the bit automatically locks. It's nothing to do with what you do with your hands. I think, you know, so it, it kind of teaches them a little bit, like not just to kind of pull forward and they just stay really quite nice and soft and round. And I, yeah, I really like those. My um, my little bay horse is just in a former of those. And although she can get a bit wahoo hey with it, overall, she just really is good in that. Um, she's, a, she's a sort of horse that needs, you know, she's quite small and she's very brave and it, it just suits her to be allowed to just sort of travel down to a fence a bit and feel like she can take the bridle forward. Um, so with a horse like her, I just I wouldn't. It sounds a silly thing to say. I nearly wouldn't want too much control anyway. It just it, it, I don't want to take away from how keen she is to do her job. Yeah. Whereas her sister then is the opposite. Her sister's like a train, absolute train. <laughs> but the baby Pelham is really good because it's only a very small, neat bit, same mouthpiece. It doesn't have a huge shank or anything like that. But the action of the mouthpiece combined with a little bit of a shank. And she's delightful to ride. She's really, really good. There's no problem. So, um, whereas I've tried that particular mare, jumping her in other things that might make more sense, maybe like a universal or, you know, a small little bit of a gag or something else. Forget it. Can't she just can't stop her? She's very big and I'm very small. Um, but the, these little student locking map pieces I've found very, very good. See, now I haven't got any of those. You see, already I'm like, mm. <laughs> they're really good. Um, I just don't use them on the younger horses because I, you know the younger horses don't need to learn that they don't need to learn that if they barrel forward into the contact the bit will kind of firm up in their mouth and younger horses just need to learn to go forward real happy yeah um, not necessarily with my young really young ones not even really necessarily in a frame I just need to get real comfortable with traveling forward and being happy with that so as little as possible for them then yeah uh, for as long as possible I am um, I really like that to not put too much in and especially like I think what I sometimes struggle with is because I ride quite like big powerful ones and I'm not that big is at times to have the control you need other times it just gives you that bit too much 
it's yeah. so hard, isn't it? That balance of finding something that they'll take a hold of. So they'll come to a fence and not be frightened, but then yeah. equally at times, they're not just going to suddenly like disappear off into the horizon. <laughs> yeah. I think it depends on the horse. I think some horses probably like my little event horse, um he's, he's no longer with me but he was a horse that really needed you to hold his hand the whole way down to the base of the fence he was a very careful jumper but he needed you to be on the rein the whole way down like not I mean Liv just sat there but like yeah. you know and he was fine with that like so he used to go a little um little tiny tom thumb gag with um the loopy sweet iron bits in it and he was nice in that and, he, and a little grackle as well and he was really good in that um but he needed you to hold his hand the whole way down but some of them like to just be left a little bit alone and let bring up the head and just travel that way and then you know they're all so different and then yeah. as you said when you get to kind of work out who they are and what they need and then you have to work out what setup they need it like it's I don't know it's probably just for me it's a bit of a brain engaging puzzle that I really enjoy but um you know other people I'm sure don't have that <laughs> level of weirdness nerdiness I don't know they just I just put bridle on the horse and go for the jump like what's the fucking problem really but yeah um, yeah, no, for me, I'm a bit more, uh, I don't know, particular about it, I suppose, in a not healthy way. I'm always like super ashamed because I like, I probably bridle wise, I think I judge is probably strong with, but I, I definitely notice what everybody else's horse has got on their head. Sometimes just like, well, often actually just out of sheer curiosity, because I'm like, mm, could I maybe buy one of those? Could I justify that for me? And I'm always like so mortified when I'm somewhere with Pancake because he has so much on his head. But um, I've talked about it obviously so much on here. Like it's been trial and error. A lot of the time we've just been charging around the outside of a ring or we've jumped fences the wrong way when he's taken off with me. And so he, he doesn't like too much bit. It makes him like really heady. Yeah. So he's in a turtle top Pelham. But then he wears, he needs a flash, but then he also needs a standing martingale. So he has to wear two nose bands because he's not allowed to wear the standing okay. martingale attached to the flash. And so like when, honestly, at a show, I feel like I've got my head down, just like, this isn't what I want. Like, and I keep saying to Ben, oh my goodness, like if Bougie can just go in a snaffle, people will see that I, I don't just want to put loads of stuff on my horse. <laughs> I think that's the cool thing about show jumping, though, because, like, most of the time, like, you'll see some, you'll see lots of riders riding, you know, fairly minimal setup, but you do see lots of riders with, like, absolutely, like, mad shit on their horses, and it just <laughs> anything goes. Like, it's not, there are other disciplines where, you know, you rock up with a big bride and everybody's like, oi, oi. Yeah. So it's just, just like, whatever, yeah, or just, you know, whatever. It's fine. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. That's liberty about it I really do the worst one was actually was our last show um and because it was a prem there was like loads of officials there and I could see this guy in the warm-up just watching me like looking at his head and I could see he was like it's taking me like 10 minutes to check if all that's legal <laughs> I, I think it is but there's so much of it and the horse is going so fast that it's all a bit of a blur <laughs> and he just was like kind of not glaring but you know when someone's really like scrutinizing you <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> fine, it's fine it's fine it's fine this is fine everything's fine <laughs> 
<laughs> and I wouldn't care, but Pan was an absolute bell end of that show as well. So I think he was probably watching and going, fuck me, she's got all that tack, she's still got no control. What the fuck else can she put on it? Short of an anchor. <laughs> like hold my back in a second. Hold my back. <laughs> she's got loads. I mean, yeah, yeah. I know, like it's it it is, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to do what you have to do. And at the end of the day, I think as long as you're striving, which you know, like we are all of us really as many of us as possible are you're always striving to try and have you know the horse having a nice time that you're not having to reef the head off it and it's not getting to haul you around the place and sometimes it just does take a bit more bridle I mean obviously you know the ideal world is it'll be bollocking around the place in a really plain noseband and, and, a, and a rubber snaffle and you know if you can achieve that I, I'm you know I'm 100% all for it and if I if I if I could maintain it mm. on all of my horses all of the time I really would yeah it's just not the reality for everybody and I think it's important um you know for people not to be too judgmental if they see a horse in a bridle they maybe don't understand you know you can always ask or you know but rather than form judgments about things um some horses just need more end of story that's it yeah I think especially like because I've not had him all his life so it's you can only do like so much I think once they've got to an age and they've jumped away their whole life it's like it is what it is isn't it it absolutely yeah, I absolutely agree with that and and I think you know the other thing that I think people sometimes don't always take in, into consideration is like the further up the levels you go and the more technical combinations and stuff you're jumping sometimes you just do need a little bit more of a conversation with the horse and it, it's not about sticking a bridle on it that's so massive that it's you know it's become a problem because at the end of the day one thing that people don't always seem to maybe understand with show jumping horses is that they have to be phenomenally brave too and they have to be careful so when they're going down to you know a fence it takes a bit of jumping like 110 120 upwards you know sometimes having that little bit of a communication with them if they need a bit more or whatever then then you know that's what has to happen they're not popping around holes at that point you know and you don't get to get away with it if a horse takes a hole down to a fence you can't bridle a horse up massively going around tracks like that because they just won't go forward. If they don't go forward, they can't make the distances, they can't make the fences. It's, you know, there's a lot to it. It's not just as simple as, oh, you should be in a snaffle, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. It's It has to be balanced, doesn't it? Because you can't let them go into a distance and run themselves into complete disaster. But equally, if you put a shed load of tack on a horse that it doesn't need and it's too frightened to take a hold, you're going to be adding. It's not going to get out over an oxer. So yeah. it would be... Like it would be a pointless exercise, wouldn't it, to try and do that? Yeah, I really do. I, I do, and I, I think, as I said, part of it for me is is not not worrying so much about what people think because you know if you have to trust your system and you have to trust what you know and you have to be listening to your horse and working it out as you go and be prepared to change if you need to. Um, and as I said, sometimes it's not it's not what everybody else might necessarily look on and think is okay, but no one else is doing your journey, no one else is riding your horse, no one else has had your story or the horse's story, and so you just have to keep doing your best and you know hope that the haters don't cause issues about these things. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was asking Krista about um the hoods, whether she had any experience with the hoods, because I don't know if people will have noticed these this. <laughs> seems to be the new thing is the sort of they're like a I, I'm kind of trying like it what you'd use to keep your horse clean almost like a lycra hood but it just covers their face you can get them with or without ears 
And this is like definitely the new thing in show jumping. I don't know whether I've seen it for eventers. I don't know if that's legal for them. I don't know if you can use French blinkers or that kind of thing anymore. We used to be able to, but now we're not, not, not so much anymore eventing. So it probably isn't. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask an actual person who knew, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I went online and looked at one because I was like intrigued that suddenly everyone had this new piece of like gadget that I'd never even seen and like I saw the race ones and the race ones are like 30 quid but then this isn't what obviously the show jumpers are buying the show jumpers are buying one that's like 75 um because apparently it's ceramic I was looking at one today actually and it was, it was your fault because I was looking at <laughs> <laughs> and, um, this is a, called a liquid titanium mask and it's exactly yes. the thing yeah liquid titanium I'm like bloody hell so I read up about it I'm not really any further on but it just, they seem to be particularly good for transport. And uh, yeah, infrared, that's right. The kind of, yeah, infrared jobby is what it says here. I was like, because um, mm, I don't want to waste any more like money on tack that, but equally for pancake, like I'm game to give anything a go. I mean, at this point, I don't actually know how much more I can put on his head. Like I'm starting to think she had just weight is going to slow him down at some point. Um <laughs> <laughs> or at least lower his head so he can see things better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so I was hoping for like, uh, oh, you know, yeah, I've heard really good things or no, not so much. Whereas Krista's answer was just, well, just buy one because you can always sell it. Like, just buy one. <laughs> That's like, oh, this isn't going to be a good combination, you and me. I can see it. That's it. And you're just going to do it. I, I watched, um, you know, uh, Danny Starwin, she does uh, like Instagram stories and videos of her horses and stuff. And she'd won last yeah. week. Tack, and I was like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> and it's really, again, it's so interesting what different people like. But um, she's quite a big advocate of the hoods. Um, she's got one or two that are a bit quirky and a bit weird. And yeah, I mean, like if Danny's flying feathers, says it's all right. We're all about it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Go for it. I wonder, like, what makes them work? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'd love to tell you I've been off it. I'm going to now because I've got my link up on my phone because of you. So I'm going to go <laughs> and find out about it, which is next, <laughs> next message I send. You'll be like, so yeah, I go on those things. And I think it's really, yeah. um, I haven't really got anything that I would put it on. But I don't know. I don't know. what it, the, the infrared one, this liquid titanium one, it gives all kinds of, like, converts into radiant heat produces body warmth improves metabolism increases the production of nitric oxide and so on and so forth there's like reams of stuff about it so i don't know I mean, so, you can never tell really can you whether these things are i know, know. Like, is a big thing too is it because you put something on a horse you think it's going to work oftentimes it does no i'm not saying that product doesn't work that's not what i'm saying at all it, 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 like enough people use it obviously there's huge value in it so they got value in it katie there you go <laughs> but yeah it's hard isn't it because there's like a is it just like a placebo and you think it's working or i, I don't know there's so many there's so many factors but i feel like what i might have to say to ben is like for the podcast that I think it would be really interesting to buy one and then I can report back. Absolutely, absolutely. You're doing everybody a favor, like real time, <laughs> real person review, absolutely. <laughs> it's like a public service almost, isn't it? Public service, absolutely, 100%, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You were talking about um, 
about saddlecloths, weren't you, with one of yours? Because one of yours is a bit quirky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just, she's got, she's not particularly thin-skinned. Horace didn't really think she was. But a couple of times there just before Christmas, um, she had, um, she kind of braced herself a bit in canter and kind of just a couple, I like, planted herself a little bit. And I, it just really wouldn't be like her. And so naturally I was like, oh my God, we need to go to bed. <laughs> well, whatever. But anyway, no, it transpires that what had happened was that even though I washed my pads all the time, the um the seam of the pad and the seam of the saddle pad that I was using seemed to have just like not rubbed raw but just like rubbed away the hair right behind the and because I'm a brilliant horse owner I absolutely totally noticed that in, in in good time um and so but she was obviously very sensitive with it and although it wasn't sore like it didn't hurt to touch a palpate and there was no you know just the hair was gone that was all a tiny little patch um so yeah so I went off and I I ordered this um I looked up online and this is saddle cloth that comes with like fleece lining or whatever and they used to be very you used to, have to get them in the UK and I can't so now you have to get them in like I don't know Norway or Sweden or something and so it came from there and it took absolutely weeks to arrive <laughs> and, and uh, luckily the postman arrived and my husband was not here so um but yeah so with her then she I changed the pad as well so I had bought a VIP pad for her um and with this setup she's absolutely perfect she's she's really really happy and comfortable and um I'm a, I'm a bit ashamed of myself actually that I didn't maybe cop it a bit quicker but I didn't um and I have now and I've made the changes and she seems a lot happier so it is interesting though isn't it because I think like 50% of me thinks a lot of the time we're probably fucking about with like I don't know stuff that probably doesn't make that much difference and we're like chasing some but then the other part of me is like actually they're being ridden they have like the right to be as comfortable definitely yeah and anything that we can do and like Ben's thing because he does triathlons is like he always like batters on about marginal gains and he's like once you reach a point um so that's how I sell anything I'm like well you know marginal gains he brought that on himself didn't he a bit (laughs) this hood is going to give you a marginal gain whilst providing a service to the nation as a real-time real person review (laughs) I know he's such an idiot because (laughs) the thing thing with like bikes is they spend so much money to save like a gram or something so and he'll be like oh but you know this saves me like eight watts and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) means absolutely not a thing to me but I'm like oh well this mask it's gonna save me more than eight watts for sure (laughs) definitely going to be less you know less than eight faults every time definitely no problem exactly. you know, you're what's into faults and you're away like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> definitely do it so yeah I, I think marginal gains was a stupid <laughs> yeah. thing marginal <laughs> gains was a stupid thing to teach me because it's just going to justify anything now well you know what <laughs> you, you reap what you sow that's what, you know what I mean he he handed it to you so, he did. Yeah. your duty to use it now for the rest, for the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Forever and ever. Okay, so I think we've probably cost each other and also probably everyone else enough money. Um, I'm going away to buy a hood. Obviously, the racehorse version probably would work exactly the same as the show jumper version. Don't Definitely don't chat them. But I'm those. thinking Pancake might know it's the racehorse version and he doesn't need any encouragement in that field so I'd best just get the show jumping version 
to remind him. So I'm going to do that. And then I convinced Krista that she definitely needed sheepskin because that was what pancake liked the most. So, I mean, to be fair, I didn't get mine from Norway or something. But <laughs> that wasn't was completely left field. <laughs> yeah, that, that that wasn't on purpose. But you know, if they have to have something from Norway, what can I do? Then so be it. I mean, to be fair, actually, bad enough bloody the horses. But Henry, Henry's Christmas lists are always like oh, just like not normal. Just no. No, like other people's kids, right? They ask for normal <laughs> shit, okay? Like the late the latest must-have toy like and in fairness actually they're a pain in the ass aren't they because you got to stand in queues and stuff and pay like loads of money henry's was top of the list this year was an electric screwdriver um yeah yeah which actually i've got to say is coming really handy we've used it for so much um and next on the list was a reindeer antler which i had to get sent from finland there you go. <laughs> See, the standard, the standard countries have got to sort it. Got to sort it, definitely. They definitely have. My child asked me if we can have pet maggots today. So then we had to have a biology lesson about maggots turning into flies and how, you know, then he said, can you not get a special kind of a maggot that doesn't turn into a fly? And I'm like, that's a snake. And the answer is no. So, um, yeah, I, I, my child's not normal either. But he's also like at that stage where he's quite into tools and stuff. So it used to be, you know, if I took him off on a special trip somewhere and I would like bring him back a little toy or something because he's completely spoiled and absolutely overindulged. Uh, but in recent times, it's worked out really well for me because now we go somewhere and he like, he wants a new set of pliers or a new, you know, socket set or whatever. And that just is really quite useful. Um, I had a few go rounds of trying to, you know, opening the door in the kitchen and then the door handle just comes off because he's unscrewed all the screws out of it and things like that. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you also have this thing sometimes where like if there's another person where you're like are they judging me like because um I've just got a girl who started to help me with the horses because I'm starting to struggle a little bit now to do them all on my own and Henry obviously is off and so he wants to just he doesn't want to help actually he just wants to create absolute bedlam and so the other day he was trying to beat a broom that had broken, like to snap the handle off. And so he did that for a while. And then he went and got a hammer and braided it with a hammer for a while. Mm -hmm. And that still wasn't, you know, giving him the result that he desired. So he was like, mummy, I think I need to go and get a saw. And for a little second, I thought, <laughs> <sighs> he's six. Like, that's probably not ideal. She can't be that bad. Be fine. Be fine. And and I was like, and this girl's here and she doesn't really know me and she might judge my parenting. But then the other part of my brain was like, I could probably get two stables mucked out. Exactly. Exactly. And how bad could it be? I mean, yeah. nine fingers is nearly the same as 10. Like well, once he gets to a certain level of sawing <laughs> his own person, he'll stop because it'll yeah. hurt. So you know, you're probably right. And A&E's are quite quiet at the minute because of COVID. Absolutely fine. So I was like, yeah, yeah, go on then. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Yeah. I think the girl was probably like, 
say what? Like, <laughs> person least likely to get asked to babysit the girl's child ever. <laughs> so they, the like he set away like <laughs> this saw. Like, I didn't get it done. Yeah, came oh, in. Well, <laughs> To be fair, he did a, he did a really good job because obviously this isn't his first time. First time someone else has seen me let him do it, but... Don't tell the girl that. So he came in with this stick and then I was like, what are you going to do with that stick? Are you going to hit the dog with it? And he was like, no, just like chase him round. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, get the saw and see what else you can saw. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just there's an angle finder in the corner. Why don't you just go with Valley Go? Oh, because like one of the dogs is an absolute bugger with the other one. And he like, he's just too rough with it. And it enrages Henry because he's like, you leave her alone. She's old. So then he like. <laughs> so I was a welder and yeah. console. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> not, my, not my finest hour in parenting, but never mind. Oh, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. <laughs> God knows what tool he'll be up to once I'm a little bit more comfortable with it. <laughs> Just keep the chainsaws up high because they're quite yeah. nasty. They don't, yeah, but, yeah, keep the chainsaws out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't let him loose with one of those yet. We're not that bad. They're just, I'm not, Charlie's the same, it's a nightmare. He's helping the lads at the moment, they're doing something very complicated with the brakes on one of the lorries. He's out there and I've, I've walked, it's in my stable yard, so a couple of times I've walked past the shed and I've seen some really, really dubious shit going on in there that six-year-olds probably shouldn't be in the middle of. And I'm like, I've got like half an hour to go lunge his horse. I think he's with other adult supervisors, just to be clear. He's not in there yeah. changing the brakes on the lorry. <laughs> <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah, next year though. <laughs> yeah, I just walk past, I'm exactly like you. I'm like, walk past, I'm like, I just need to get this horse done. And uh, yeah, he's busy. <laughs> what you have in this life so true though isn't it you've got that like brain where you're like as a parent I'm thinking ideally no horse owner I'm thinking winning yeah absolutely absolutely you know it's it's everything in life is a balance <laughs> and, and also a balance plus who's observing because that can also be inconvenient you know <laughs> so with that I think we'll move on to young horses which to be honest, I think I'm much more careful with than my child. Oh, yeah. oh, a lot easier than raising a child. Jesus, much easier. Yeah, like yeah, I... I definitely think I'm, I, if Bougie was trying to saw something, I'd be like, oh, bit sharp. Like, no, I don't think you should be around anything sharp. You might hurt yourself or. Should we spend all our time doing exactly that? You know, like safe proofing our lives, their lives, their stables, their paddocks, the sandrine, everything we jump, it has to all be like, you know, safe and, you know fancy and new from tactile but yeah same thing yeah <laughs> I was just I had this conversation with a friend of mine this morning because uh the um branch of homeschooling we did today to catch up on all the shit we didn't do during the week uh you know it's not um I'm sure parents worldwide I like to think other parents worldwide are also tearing their hair out and not having the best time doing this um, and it wasn't uh, my finest parenting moment, but I also would say it wasn't his finest childing moment either. And it was, you know, we got it done, but it wasn't pretty. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, if, the, if his actual teacher had witnessed it, she'd have been horrified, but we got it done. And I was just talking to a friend of mine afterwards. And I was like, fuck me. Like, you know, you, you take a young horse that's never had a head collar on it. 
And within like, you know, a certain amount of time, you've got that horse broken and riding and it's happy to see you. It's always happy to see you and you feed it and you brush it and you get on, you do the things and you take it to the show and it's all just lovely. Like how, like that's lovely, but like trying to do these things with your like growing a child, rearing a child, man, it's, it's not that, sorry. I mean, obviously it has its moments, but yeah, horses are way easier, way easier. 100%, like. And also, I'd rather be bronked off and land face first in the sand, to be honest, than have like the negotiations around, well, basically just every fucking thing that I ask. Like, I'm involved in yeah. some form of huge debate that I just didn't really sign up for, to be honest with you. Completely. And like that, you know, when a horse, like I always say, when I work with a young horse, like I like them to sort of have a questioning mind. I, I you know, a blanket, no one either side is not, you know, unless it's really necessary from, you know, if you're asking a horse to do something really stupid and you say, no, well, that's fair enough. But like when you're training a young horse, I like them to have a questioning mind. I like them to kind of maybe look at something and be a bit like, well, you know, what's this, you know, why or whatever, why are we doing this? So I sound like a fucking lunatic now. I'm at the sand arena and I'm having this like deep, meaningful verbal conversation with my three-year-old going, well, because of this. And it'll be like, yeah, but no, I saw this thing on the internet and that was, it's not obviously quite as bad as that. But, you know, I like them to have a questioning mind. I like them to look. I like them to, you know, when they're learning to jump and they're learning to go over poles and stuff. I like them to like, if they, the first few times they see these things, need to stop and put their head down, have a sniff and have a look. I'm all down for that. I'm absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'd far rather a horse is taking a look and working it out for itself than I was making it do it or it was refusing to do it. And yet my whole parenting life is <laughs> making it do it whilst it refuses to do it. And I just don't know how to get the middle ground. I just yeah. don't know how to. I think I maybe if Henry was a horse, schooling wise, he'd be quite nappy. And I think I like a forward thinking horse. So I think that's where we're falling down. I think Charlie be a mule, maybe. He'd <laughs> <laughs> just sit down on his hind quarters and stare at me and be like, <laughs> and, and hee haw, whatever it is. <laughs> Every time I said something, he'd just hee haw. And I'd be like, this is not really working out how I planned. <laughs> I think that's how it would go. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you start your horses? <laughs> The, the, the real horses, not the mules. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. I quite like to go with Mollis. You know, Wallace the mule. Mollis, Wallace the mule. I quite, like to, I quite like to produce a, a mule. I have this lovely vision of turning up at the dressages while it does its hee haw thing and all the fancy. <laughs> um, how do I start them? Um, I kind of like to just sort of do things as they need it like some horses will come on a little bit quicker and some need a little bit more time but of my own preference um mainly because i haven't got any money because i spend it all on tack i end up buying so i I can't ride big horses so for me my preference is always like really like small handy sized fillies which are the ones that aren't that marketable so it's possible to pick them up for you know within a budget that i have potentially not ever agreed with my husband first or whatever but anyway it's small budget um and they're the ones as I said they're not that marketable they're not so popular um and I, qu I quite like them fairly wild um having had a head color on is brilliant but the last two <laughs> hadn't had that so and they're fine um and I just kind of like you, you just kind of get started and go at their pace you know what what they find acceptable but once you have once you're at a, at a point where you can sort of do things with them a little bit and they're a bit more accepting a bit more open to suggestion um you know we just start getting used to wearing a bit start getting used to wearing a roller sometimes i use really really loose 
like side reins or whatever, just they start getting used to if they turn their head to the right, there's a little bit of pressure on the mouth to the left, but like, like but at the very least, it's just literally so if they turn around, they get used to. And once they're used to that, that means you just start driving them a little bit, lunging them a little bit, um, and just take it from there, kind of go at their speed. As I said, some come to hand quickly in our game ball and some need a lot more time, so. And so do you do that as three-year-olds and then turn them away for the three-year-old winter? Yeah, well, that's what I've done with the, the two, or two I have now. Um, I bought them in August of last year and I, the really, really wild one I did myself and then the less wild one, um, a good friend of mine, um, I got her lunging and driving and then a good friend of mine backed her and rode her off for me. Um, and then they've had the winter. It's actually the first winter I haven't turned them away, away, like young horses away, away. Um, we have a lot of you know, we're a farm here so they've been in a big bedded shed for the winter and they can go out into the yard then they go out in the field every day for a couple of hours but the rest of the time they just come and go in and out the yard and in and out the shed oh that's the dream i'd love that yeah you know not only has it has it saved the ground which is always a priority here because there's not meant to be as many horses as there are <laughs> um but the, <laughs> the other thing is that they look fantastic they've held so much condition and they, yeah. they look good um so it's the first time I've ever done it and I'm really pleased with how that's gone. Yeah, I would love to have a shed to like run a couple in. It's brilliant. Yeah, because we're on clay here and we don't have a load of land, you know, so if we trash it in the winter, then they're not going to have enough in the summer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bougie's having to kind of just do the same routine as the other horses, um, which is fine. But yeah, in an ideal world, I would love him in a big shed. So he had like a friend in there with him. Yeah. Yeah, no, it works really well with them. And I mean, like, obviously, you know, I mean, I suppose even myself, you know, your more traditionalist head is that these horses are meant to go out for the winter. They're meant to go out and be a horse and forget about humans and things like that. But it has, as I said, it has actually just has worked very well. They've held good condition. The ground's not quite as wrecked as it would have been. And they've had fairly intensive handling even though they haven't been in work because obviously you're going in every day and you're changing rugs or you're you know feeding them and doing things with them and one of these two was particularly wild and she now it's in my pocket like you'd have to push it out of the way and it has stood to her that way as well yeah um where if she'd been thrown back out onto the serengeti from when she came uh, it might have been a different job so. yeah yeah you're probably gonna have to kind of go over stuff less you know, when you restart them, at least you're kind of not restarting the whole like people thing. You're just restarting the actual work. Yeah. And I th for me personally with them, it's really, really important to put as little pressure on them as possible. I mean, I have that luxury. It's a difference. Well, no, it's not necessarily a different story, but there's a million different ways of starting young horses. None of them are necessarily wrong. And the big commercial professional producers are obviously, you know, they've got an eye on age classes. They've got an eye on when a horse needs to be turned over. They've got, you know, and, they, and they'll work according to their plan. I'm a lot more fortunate really in that regard on my horses are because on the one hand, like the bigger of the two of them, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going to do a few of the sort of really, really good new youngster tour in Ireland. And I was like, oh yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to do a few of those with her at the start of the spring. But now I've started back, I'm looking at her and I'm like, you know what, she's actually very weak across her top and she needs more time and she needs to learn to relax and stretch her frame a bit more before I start anything, doing anything more than, you know, pottering about on her. And I have that luxury of just going, you know what, actually, I'm going to defer this to the autumn. Yeah. And if that doesn't suit the matter, you'll have to wait a year, just whatever works for her. Not everybody has that luxury and that doesn't make it wrong either. You know, you have to, you know, you have to work to what you need to work to, but um, I'm lucky that way with them. Yeah, I've always had a bit of a thing with age classes. Like, I think because I, 
bought two that had done age classes and both of them broke down one physically and one mentally it just jacked the job and so I think like for me I've always had a bit of a like should they be doing this much you know this young and do they need to and so my thing's always kind of been like they just need to be allowed to be younger for for longer but then this is probably the first year where I've made I've not changed my mind necessarily but I've definitely seen another side of it um because my trainer had one in that he was really really talented and he basically did very very little in his four-year-old year but because she's obviously a lot braver and a lot more talented than I am and the horse was very talented it could go out and jump around like bulls with four-year-olds without having to have been hammered like at shows that's because that's what I don't like that half the time before they're even four they're out at a show like every weekend so that they're ready for that four-year-old but this horse didn't it kind of just went to a few shows and then just went yeah go on then I'll hop around that yeah, yeah. I, we're, I, I mean obviously I can't speak for the UK but in Ireland we're, we're, we have a lot of like exceptional producers and, and at the end of the day you know producers are it's a commercial entity what they're doing but they are excellent they are so skilled they're such phenomenal riders they're so accurate the horses don't need to be over jump because the riders are so good you know and exactly that ends up being the case that you know they don't have to give the horses a hard time everything's very easy everything's very obvious to the horse and like I said they're just so accurate our age classes over here can be strong for sure um but there's a this just last year they bought in this new um, youngster tour league where the height brackets are less than they would be for some of the big show qualifiers like the RDS. Um, and it's it's absolutely super. I think things exist because there's a need for them. And there are lots of young horses who have got lots of ability, but they could be maybe a late foal. Something could have gone wrong and delayed their start a little bit. And then they miss that four-year-old gap. And if it's, you know, for commercial producers, particularly if a horse is a bit slow or a bit late, or it isn't appropriate to kind of keep moving up the, up, up the way with the horse, this is just given a really, really brilliant option. Um, and it also allows producers who are not necessarily turning out a lot of high quality horses to high quality classes, you know, people who are very, very good producers of horses, but maybe don't work to the same standard or have the same facility or the same options as a really, really, you know, big yards do. And they get their chance then as well. You know, they get to kind of go and jump, produce their horses at the speed they want to produce them and then and, and, and sort of jump around these, this really, really good series, um, you know, and put good miles on the horses without having to, to go mad. You know, I think it's fantastic. So we're very, very lucky that that's come in for us now. Yeah, that um, sounds amazing. That sounds, yeah, it's like, fantastic. I've never been uh, abroad, like with the horses, but, loads of people say like the age classes there they have ground lines that the classes are really fair and that the horses finish the rounds and they've learned something they haven't been tricked like and I often feel like over here you, you're jumping like in say a British novice where like sometimes the first fence will be like an oxit with a fillet you know just coming off a wall and on a young horse they like start the course like fuck me and they they come out more backwards than they went in. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm for sure that, that it can it can it can be the case. But um, as I said, this for us, it's uh, even for the likes of myself. You know, I can never work to the same level or compete to the same level as the as as the really good commercial producers. But it means that if I've got a nice four year old, there's somewhere I can go with that horse that means something to to the horse's record. You know, that's, yeah. that's 
you know that's achievable for the horse achievable for the rider and still and, and, and it, you know gives an opportunity to showcase the horse as well um so so i think it's an absolutely brilliant initiative and as i said like definitely um you know some of the some of the age classes over the years like that you know you see them and you're a bit like holy shit <laughs> um, i don't want to jump off a four-year-old over that no um, yeah, but yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, if like there's that that different league where, because I I like the idea of that course has been built for a four year old, you know, exactly. yeah. that it hasn't been built for like a horse maybe that's jumping because a lot over here is like it's a British novice and it's a ninety open, and so they're building yeah. it potentially for horses that have spent their entire career jumping. So yeah, that sounds but yeah, really no, good. It is really good. Like I said, I just think it's. I think it's a it's a really 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 strong option and it's been very well supported because at the end of the day as i said things exist because there's a need for them and and, and that's going to be the case with this so um i as i said i had kind of had it in my head that i'd go and have a go at some of these with my four-year-old but now i'm looking at it and i'm like mm, maybe you need a bit more time and then i'm like but yeah i'll get five you know normally you'd be like oh fuck it'll be five and everything be 120 but because of this really handy leak that's not actually the case because the height brackets are smaller so like that again even if you miss a year with a horse you know you still have somewhere to go with it the year after yeah so yeah it's really it's pretty good yeah so shall we move on to wanker of the week (laughs) um i've got one from ages ago which i couldn't use because i hadn't told anyone i was pregnant so I didn't really tell anyone um, because we didn't want to tell Henry until I was 20 weeks because I didn't want him to say, I really want a brother. And then it was a sister and then he would be like gutted. So, um, yeah, so (laughs) I got my like, you know, you have the scan and you get all the results and stuff. And basically I'm neurotic with every area of my life. Like, so I got these results and it was all fine. But for me, I was like, I'm not quite sure about that. So I think I'd better ring and I'd better, you know, like, fucking go through this to the nth degree until the poor midwife's thinking about resigning and so <laughs> I rang her up and I was like I just don't understand like how how's this broken down I need you to kind of go through this with me so bless her she did she was amazing she like went through everything with me and I was like well I just don't understand why I'm getting that score though and she was like well partly your age and I said but I'm under 35 and that's like the kind of cutoff, isn't it? Whether you're like geriatric or not. Um, I was like, I'm under 35. And she was like, right, what's your date of birth? So I was like, 21-10-84. And she like went, right. And you're, I said, 34. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so she's like, all right. So she carried on, she talked to you and she was like, yeah, I don't quite understand why the results are coming in at that. So how old are you? And I was like, 34. And she's like, okay. All right. Well, I think what it must be is it must be like this blood work, because my blood work's always like slightly was off slightly with Henry as well. She's like, I think it must be that. Hang on, what's your date of birth? And I was like, 21, 10, 84. And she was like, and you're 34. And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay then. To carry on the conversation <laughs> I got off the phone I rang Ben and I was like she doesn't understand it she doesn't understand why it's coming at that because I'm 34 and he said well you're 36 and I said I'm not <laughs> <laughs> and he said no you are 
And I was like, Ben, like, I'm not. Why are you saying I'm 36? And he was like, because you're 36. You purpose. He's like, you're 36. And I was like, well, she's going to think I'm an absolute bellend. And he was like, well, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, <laughs> You see, I can't really, I have terrible dyscalculia. I can't do maths at all. So I can't, if it was me, I, I God knows what age I would have said I was. I actually, I can't do numbers at all. I freak out in the presence of a number. So that's my go-to excuse. So just as I'm telling you how you can justify attack purchases, now your age, you can justify that. They're going, geez, I'm awful dyscalculia. I'm not very good with numbers. Are you sure you're not wrong? <laughs> well, I think I was so indignant that basically I, she was, and she's obviously like, what, you know, she's going to know how fucking old she is. Like, it's, so the poor woman's like, it's my mistake. I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like I was mortified. So then Ben was like, you'll have to ring her back. You'll have to. And I was like, absolutely not happening. I am what? not ringing her back and saying, oh, by the way, I'm two years older than I thought I was. So then I said to Ben, I've lost two years of my life. He was like, you've lived them. You fucking lived them. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember now. Yeah. Baby brain, though. Baby brain is also a good excuse. You just blame yeah. that. She's a midwife, so she's probably used to, you know, minor indiscretions, like I'm missing two years or whatever. It's probably, just, it's probably quite normal. I don't know. I think that was that was quite a low point for me to be honest <laughs> next time you go in front of Pokemon they'll be like and also a psych eval <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's brilliant do you have one uh yeah it's me like, obviously it's always me um <laughs> I, I like to keep on top of the rug washing um as best I can oh one because I've got like OCD and I like clean rugs and horses as much as is possible uh, and two, because a couple of times I've made the awful mistake of taking in a heap of rugs at the end of the winter and getting a horrible financial shock that I struggled to justify to my poor husband. Yeah. Trying to like dribble it out now rather than do it in one hit. So I had been arsing around with rugs the last cold spell and I took quite a heavy, quite a nice rug that had got a bit minging off one of the horses and I threw it into the boot of my car. It was like in the evening, finished feeding the horses, just threw it into the boot of the car. And I was like, oh yeah, tomorrow I'll be going past the wash place and it'll be fine. And then because of lockdown and COVID and whatever else was going on, you know, obviously not really going anywhere very much unless I have to. And it just happened. I didn't get in the car for like three days. <laughs> got a child into the car and child's like, bloody hell, what's, what's, what's the smell in here? And I got into the car and I was like, holy crap, what is the smell? And it smelled, somehow it smelled exactly like sour milk. I don't know how that, it didn't smell like that on the horse, but it did in the car it did. And so the rug was in the boot of the car. Uh, I, I couldn't, obviously I had no recollection whatsoever of any of this. So I said to the child, did you spill something in the car? Like naturally it had to be his fault. He spilled something in the car and he's like, no, mommy, no, no. And I'm like, I bet you bloody did. Did you come in the car with like, you know, milk or whatever? Cause it smelled like milk. Did you spill milk on the back seat of the car? And he's like, no, no, I didn't. So I'm like, right, oh, it wasn't you. So I got the phone to my husband. I'm like, my car stinks. And he's like, and? I'm like, well, have you been in the car? Did you spill something in the car? And he's like, no, no, I haven't been in your bloody car. Like, go away, stop accusing me of that. I think I'm slightly nervous about the fact that you know, I'm generally quite good at taking it on the chin for something if I've screwed it up. But obviously, because yeah. I have no recollection of doing the thing, 
I was adamant I was blaming anybody but me. So the child was like, oh, I think it's daddy's farts. And I'm like, well, you know, look, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, a perfectly reasonable answer. I just don't think it's the right one this time. And then I don't know, I've gone a few miles down the road, all the windows open, everybody in the car had hypothermia. And it suddenly occurred to me what the problem was. And I, at that stage, I was at the supermarket and I couldn't do anything about it. So I had to go in the supermarket, do the shopping, get back in the stinking car, get hypothermia on the way home and then stop and put the rug in. And then I had to admit that I'd done that. So that was a pretty wankerish thing to do. That's the thing. That's It's the admitting, isn't it? It's the like, because then Ben would be like, did you find what that smell in the car was? And I'd be like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know what that was. It was probably, <laughs> definitely, probably the child. Definitely. Yeah, yeah no, so that was pretty <laughs> But I must have, I've got a really shit poker face, obviously, because I'd be like, no, don't know. And he's like, what what have you done? Like <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, this was definitely you. Yeah, yeah. okay. I said like I, I was just I was clearly very adamant that I was going to blame somebody but me, and I was I was like worrying <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, anyway. So the rug was washed and dried, and the car smells you know, just like normal parent of child car smell now, rather than you know really bad. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one. We got one sent in from Sam Gladstone on Facebook. And she said that she loaded her horse ready to set off to the vets, as we do. I mean, who doesn't love a good vet trip? Checked I had everything I needed, locked the yard gates, put on a podcast and off I went on my way to get yet another bank loan's worth of vets bills. Driving along the A19, I see obscene amounts of police cars and bikes coming across the flyover as I was going under it. Shit's going down, I thought, and continued on. None the wiser until I got to a turn off a few minutes further down the A19, only to be waved down by a police bike. Shit, I thought. I'm being pulled over and I haven't got the horse's passport. When I read it, I was laughing. <laughs> Like, as if the horse is some kind of, like, illegal immigrant or something. <laughs> he came in illegally on the Eurotunnel and uh, he has no documentation. Yeah. Um, so I panicked and tried to find a safe place to pull over with a horse in transit in the middle of the chaos of roadworks, at which point I look in the mirror to see if the policeman was still there. He wasn't. He was much further back. <laughs> she just floored it by this point, thinking of her illegal immigrant horse. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wasn't flagging me down and he seemed to be stopping the traffic. So I thought, well, I'll just carry on my way then. He doesn't want me and I've got places to be. So I'm tootling along after having a minor aneurysm, never having been pulled over by the police since I was about 17. I'm now 33. I get up to the flyover a little further on and something caught my eye. I look to the right when I see a convoy of at least 20 police vehicles, all with flashy lights. There were bikes, cars, vans, unmarked cars, all surrounding me driving the same way as me on a completely empty stretch of road. It was then I realised I had intercepted a police roadblock and I was in the middle (laughs) of a police convoy clearly transporting someone extremely important or very dangerous surrounding me in my completely fucked horse three and a half ton wagon with all the police staring at me like I was the biggest cockwomble known to man. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> didn't seem to think that she was about to sort of, you know, railroad into the, <laughs> the, the prisoner van and free a man or something. Like, it's like of no, the movies, like, isn't it? Yeah, that's the most of her problem. She's fine. She's no threat. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll probably, if they've got any experience of horsey women, they'll have just gone. She's probably going to a show. Like she won't give a shit that like everybody else has like stopped what they're doing. She'll be like, my dressage tests at like nine fifteen. Get out of my way! I don't care. You're way more. They're lucky. To be fair, she wasn't beeping. Like move out of the way. Why are you all here? I don't know where to go. <laughs> oh my god! That's so I'm surprised they didn't like try and escort her off and she'll have arrived at the vets with this like huge entourage of vehicles yeah. <laughs> and the vets would have been like fuck she takes it seriously doesn't she <laughs> here comes sugar like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god so I, I, I love that story I think that's just it's it's a horsey person's brain isn't it it is not oh, like anybody else's yeah. Yeah, it's like oblivious. He has, you know, <laughs> armoured cars. I mean, you know, it's probably just, you know, there for something. I don't, what would I know? I'm just yeah. always a vet. Yeah. <laughs> like, no just inconveniencing me. Like, I'm just, I'm going where I'm supposed to be going. Whatever you're doing is like, that. that's your thing. Like, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I'm a hell of a lot more stressed going to the vets than you are leaving <laughs> you know, high priority prisoner. Because <laughs> so, you know what, if you want a competition, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um she did she say did they just did she just drive she away turned to off to the vets not she didn't make any detour to her journey <laughs> just when it was her turn to turn off she did and the well, police then, were probably so just like yep sometimes you get to that point in a situation don't you where you just have to carry on because yeah anything else <laughs> yeah you just got to front it out haven't you just like yeah 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 exactly <laughs> I'm sure, look, I mean, you know, <laughs> she's gone. The thing is, though, do you know if that happened to me, I can imagine that I would have tried to justify that to the police and I'd be like, well, I'm going to the vets. And they'd be like, right, yeah, did you see, understand. did you see the 20 car like roadblock? And I'd be like, Irrelevant. well, Irrelevant. yes, but like he needs his kissing spine jab. Like, you know, I mean, he's in discomfort here in the back. Like, <laughs> what's welfare, welfare. <laughs> <laughs> we have this uh, we have a thing over here where we have like a, you know the, the, the traffic helicopter you probably have them in, in many more than the UK than we do here we have a couple of traffic helicopters go around Dublin and they do you know the, in the morning when they're doing the news sections and in the evening and stuff they'll be like all oh, the traffic's really backed up here and there or wherever like um, and they do like a news feed on Twitter as well if there's any like obstructions or big things that people need to know about to use the road but Jesus, I mean like she could have made it onto the <laughs> The six o'clock news, the nine o'clock news, or something in our hotspots, <laughs> keeping these priority prisoners out of there. And all the horsey people would have been like, "I wonder what was wrong with the horse." <laughs> yeah, is it all right? Oh god, yeah, I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, so, uh, made it, made it onto the news for the. With the so please keep sending us your stories they're absolutely amazing like they make me feel so much better about myself <laughs> because previously you know when you do things and you're like shit is that just me like do other yeah. people do shit like that I love now that I don't feel like that I'm like 
if I do something really stupid, I'm like, that'll be great for the podcast. Like it cheers me up. (laughs) (laughs) So please keep sending them to bookoffbanter at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. And that is all for this episode. But thank you so much. I've I've lived my best life talking about tack. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. It's brilliant fun. Thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.